today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, another turn of events uh, in regard to our relationship with China, and that is the Beijing Olympics. Uh, ceremonies beginning February 4th, 2022, uh, a year ago, or a year, rather, a year from now, uh, this will all kick off. Uh, and despite the uh, arbitration of the two Michaels, uh, and what's going on with the Uyghur uh, uh, Muslims, uh, the Trudeau government is allowing the Canadian Olympic Committee to make the call whether the Olympic team goes to Beijing. Let's bring in Charles Burton, Senior Fellow, Centre for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad, Macdonald Laurier Institute, and is with us now. Charles, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Good to speak with you this afternoon, Scott. Uh, before we get into the Olympic uh, aspect of all of this, do you want to comment on vaccines, where we are now, and um, and having to re- rely on COVAX? Well, I mean, obviously, when we went into the COVAX thing, it was to contribute to the UN. You know, we have paid for um, enough vaccine for 9.6 um, doses per Canadian. It's just we can't seem to get our hands on the stuff. And the the COVAX is an international scheme designed to try and dampen the virus around the world by providing 20% uh, of the of the vaccines from this scheme. And Canada donated $345 million to that, um, you know, allowing for the possibility of Canada taking the vaccine. Um, now what's happened is, you know, with the considerable mess-ups, I guess, as one might call it, to be polite, of our government, with regard to getting vaccine into the arms of Canadians, we're now going to draw down on this COVAX, and it will amount to about 5% of the Canadian population that will receive this vaccine, that, you know, the current vaccine available through COVAX, if we approve the type of serum that, uh, that COVAX is able to provide, which is likely. And the third world are, are going to be screwed and won't get the amounts that we had, that had been promised to them. And it does really, as you say, come down to how naive uh, and, uh, well, <laughs> stupid our government could be in in committing to to an agreement with the Chinese People's Liberation Army, which is a function of the Chinese Communist Party. And when it came time for them to deliver the serum to Canada for initial trials, you know, no, no surprise, the Chinese government said, release Meng Wanzhou or no serum for you. So, you know, it just it just boggles the mind how how badly we've managed this, and that's why you know we're the we're we're the most behind of all the G7 countries in getting people vaccinated, and as a result, Canadians are are dying in numbers that are greater than really should be because of the pandemic. All right, let's talk about Beijing. Obviously, uh, the Olympics starting one year from today. Should Canada be going? Well, no, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, it's a wonderful event, the Olympics, all about brotherhood and goodwill. And the athletes, uh, you know, prepare for for years to, to, to be in the Olympics. And for most of them, one Olympics is their only opportunity to compete at that level. But, you know, China is, uh, is holding two Canadians hostage. Um, they're engaged in in genocidal policies against the Turkic Muslims in their northwest, the latest BBC uh, reports um, exposing massive rape of women in those in those camps, and um, you know they've screwed us on on trade deals to engage in economic coercion to try and get Hmong back to Beijing. 
uh, how can we go there and, and politely shake hands and attend what is in effect a celebratory event for the Chinese regime while this is going on? So, you know, I just, I just don't see it. I just can't imagine how we could finesse this in any way that would not cause Canada to be thoroughly humiliated and shamed by pretending that China's regime is a normal, you know, regime that respects the rules-based international order when in fact they're engaged in in such appalling regime behavior domestically and abroad. Are you surprised the Canadian government is leaving this decision to the Canadian Olympic Committee? Will they change the... I mean, I can't see... uh, They've been trying to train these athletes forever. Uh, Are they liable to... uh, What's the chance of them changing this decision? Oh, I mean, if the government doesn't want people to go to the Olympics, the government simply has to withdraw Canadian government support for this activity. So, you know, we did this before um, with the uh, 1980 Olympics after the, the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. If the government wants to, to make a statement about the Olympics, they can. It seems to me that mostly what the government is trying to do is to avoid answering the question by, by claiming that the Olympic Committee is in charge of this decision. They're not. You know, ultimately, this is really a highly politicized government event with massive government participation. And if Canada and like-minded countries decide that they just don't want to be put in a position where they're having to, to smile and shake hands with people who are have their hands bloodied because of genocide and who are arbitrarily torturing two innocent Canadians so that they can avoid their, their uh, Huawei CFO going to the States and spilling the beans on Huawei's connection to the Chinese military and security, you know, that's something the government can do. It's just right now, they clearly don't have the backbone and the guts to do so, and it seems there are just too many elements in, among our political and economic elite who are beholden to China and don't want to be seen as doing anything that would offend the Chinese communists, including their desire for us to affirm their regime by, by celebrating that Olympics uh, in Beijing. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. What about the safety of the athletes at the Beijing Olympics? I mean, they've taken the two Michaels. We are holding uh, the Huawei CFO on an extradition warrant. How safe are these athletes there? It's not. uh, We can't trust this this, uh, regime. And the idea that they might come up with some trumped-up charges or claim that one of our... uh, Shot putters is a, actually a, a spy for the Americans is is there, and the idea that some of them may not come home, some of them may end up uh, in prison hell with Kovrikin's favor, cannot be ruled out. And there's no way we can get an assurance from the Chinese government that they will not do that. So yeah, if I was if I was the parent of an athlete, I'd be very concerned about my athlete uh, putting down on the soil of the People's Republic of China under current conditions. Uh, what about other countries, other nations on this, um, especially the U.S.? And again, considering what's been going on uh, with the Muslims in China, what's been going on with Hong Kong, where are other countries on this, on sending athletes to Beijing Olympics? Well, they're all, uh, clearly a lot of countries are considering this. I don't think there's any country which has announced the boycott yet. I, I believe we hear that the Biden administration has been sounding out uh, like-minded allies on on whether they would support such a boycott. And so if we can get a common approach and, and say, um, you know, we're all not going, 
or 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 uh, pressuring the Olympic Committee to move the games elsewhere. You know, these Winter Games have been held in Canada quite a few times, and the facilities are available. Um, you know, then I think that's what we ought to do. It would be good to have the Olympics. We just don't want to have it in China. Um, obviously, this isn't the first time there's been boycotts uh, in regard to Olympic Games and such. Uh, if other reasons have caused teams to boycott, how big or good a reason is this to boycott the Beijing Olympics? Well, I mean, I think it's unrealistic to expect that you know boycotting the Olympics would result in the release of Culbertson's favor or yeah. resulting in anything worse happening to them. I think, if anything, if we don't boycott, then the Chinese regime gets the message that holding Culverkin's favor, you know, keeps the Canadian government in line, and so they, you know, they that would embolden them to to not allow them to to have any due process of law and get released back to Canada. Um, you know, we're not going to be able to change them over over Xinjiang uh, and the Uyghurs, but you know, I think domestically, if Chinese people see that their regime is so poorly regarded abroad. It might send a signal to the Chinese people that maybe they need to be demanding a regime that acts in in accordance with international law and practice and extends democracy and human rights to China. So, I think by by going, you're sending a signal which is you know everything's normal here, the regime is fine, it's just different from us. By uh, by not going, you're also sending a signal which is it's so repugnant that we just can't deal with them. So uh, obviously, the opening of these games happening in one year, uh, one year t- uh, today. Um, where will this, the Huawei CFO case be in one year, and how will that, or will it, play a factor on opening day? Well, I mean, she could well still be in Canada. Um, you know, there's more. There's, there's more court hearings coming up. There's some fairly uh, serious consideration coming up next April. But, you know, as I think we've talked about on this program before, how it's possible that it takes so long to make a simple determination about a U.S. extradition request is just, you know, impossible to process. And the inability of our government to to at least uh, get the Minister of Justice to insist that the courts give this case priority because of national security is also hard to fathom. You know, basically... We're not deciding if she's innocent or guilty of the serious causes of fraud, uh, charges of fraud that the U.S. have been developing uh, with her since before the Trump administration, but uh, only whether the U.S. Uh, extradition request is justified. And, you know, it is. I mean, basically, we do extradition in the United States very regularly. It's a well-used uh, treaty. The, the request has been properly prepared. And all of this stuff about, you know, did she, did, did they mishandle her cell phones in the Vancouver airport? Or, you know, did, did Donald Trump say something that suggested that it's not about rule of law, but about uh, international politics between Canada, uh, between China and the United States? It's all just static. I mean, the bottom line is that she should go to the States, face the charges, you know, get a good defense, and uh, I, I'm confident that she'll get due process of law. If we weren't confident in the legal system in the United States, we would not have an extradition treaty with them. Good point. Charles Burton with us, Senior Fellow, Center for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad, McDonald laurier Institute, uh, despite the nearly 800-day uh, detention of the two Michaels. Uh, the Trudeau government is allowing the Canadian Olympic Committee to make the decision alone on whether our athletes go to the 2022 Beijing Olympics in one year. Charles, thank you for the time, as always. Be well. Have a great afternoon.
221. We're coming right back. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.